Welcome to the Sliding Doors podcast, a series of long-form conversations with guests about the ideas and experiences that have changed their lives. These sliding doors of opportunity are rare, but worth finding. And this podcast is a roadmap, sort of like squiggles on the back of a napkin. Rough, but hopefully useful. So join us, because we think it could be a fun ride. So, hey, Sushil, What's up? I have a question today for you. What's it about? Uh, it's, uh, well, it's connected to what we sort of touched on in the first podcast on Paco. Okay. Our first Sliding Doors po- uh, podcast. And it's about building community. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason I, I bring that up is I'm quite a solitary person, okay. but I've recognized the importance of having, ha- having a group of people around you to sort of hold you accountable, encourage you, things like that. Okay. And you were part of the original parkour crew in Chennai that sort of popularized parkour. You joined them after they had formed, but as I re- recollect, you helped them grow. Kind of, yeah. Uh, at least with their marketing. Yeah. So I thought it would help me, and I'm sure our listeners might be interested in that whole story. How parkour took off in Chennai, how people came together, where it's now, that sort of thing. So can you can you drop wisdom bombs on us, please? <laughs> Sushil, are you still there? I'm still here. There's somebody singing <laughs> happy birthday outside, man. <laughs> And I think it's on a megaphone. Oh my God! This is the. Uh, <laughs> this is literally want... the worst time to be doing this. Is this is this because of Corona? Like they can't go into the house, so they're singing outside. All right. So so yeah, um, uh, I'm happy to talk about that. It's um, something that has really been close to me for a long time, and um, let's get started. Sure. What hey, was before we get how, started, hmm. let's chat about what's happening with you right now. We're talking about communities and you're so isolated right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, what, what are you doing what to feel am I connected? Doing to feel connected, these podcasts with you <laughs> and uh, Zoom or Skype, actually WhatsApp conversations with friends. Right. So it's more of a virtual uh, sort of a connection. Right. But there's a, there's a big difference between that, just chatting with people mm-hmm. and getting something done, right? Like having a common goal or doing something specific together, not just hanging out. Sure. Right? Sure. And that's, that's uh, something with a mission, I probably think is what you mean, right? Yes, absolutely. Even though we normally we wouldn't necessarily write that down yeah like have a mission statement yeah uh it's still you're getting together for a reason so i i have no problems just hanging out with friends mm-hmm. but it's this building a community to to get something done that fascinates me right um, i what I, were your I don't earliest think memories what were your earliest memories of parkour in chennai so um how I really found the community, there, there was already a group of guys who were training. So I can't really say that um, I built the community or I, I was responsible for the community. I think that community just 
happened. It was a group of people who were interested in um, something and um, there weren't other people who were um, available. You couldn't find anybody else who was doing the same thing. So we just kind of coalesced around this topic, this, this uh, new thing. And we had that one thing common. We all wanted to explore it. We wanted to find out what it was all about and um, what it meant to us. So I think uh, my biggest contribution there was to just be able to um, ensure that people who wanted to find us found us. I think that's all it is uh, from my side. Right. But even before it became an us, how did you find them? What was your first exposure to? Who was the first person you you saw in real life in Chennai uh, uh, doing parkour? I I think we were driving down Besanagar. I don't think I've told you about this before, but uh, a friend of of mine and I were driving down Besanagar, the main beach road. Okay. And... um, and I was looking towards the beach side and this friend of mine was looking towards the other side and he said, hey, this looks like there's some guys doing parkour over there. I said, what? There's nobody doing parkour in Chennai. <laughs> and that, that, that was it. And then um, um, I had been uh, talking about parkour and training uh, the basics, you know, just like getting up to baseline fitness level uh, to be able to do anything in parkour itself. And so he was aware of that. And uh, um, this was probably in January of 2009. Then um, I think around that time, maybe end Feb, is when um, an article came out in the Times of India with people, um, with basically uh, a reporter talking to people from the parkour scene in Chennai. That surprised the hell out of me. (laughs) <laughs> but mm, obviously yes. uh, there was probably some truth to what this friend of mine uh, uh, said because right. they were there they were there and that's where they were practicing so right. anyway i i uh, there were no contact details mentioned there was no website there was no instagram group no i mean there was no instagram at all at that time but there were no uh, um there was there was no guidelines on how to get in touch with anybody so all I had to go on was a couple of names and uh, Google searches. I did the searches on Google, found them on some um, some forum somewhere, got a telephone number, and wow, <laughs> figured out that proper old school, huh? <laughs> investigative, um, yes, community finding. <laughs> yeah. So then I I called up. And I found out that they were training that day or the next day or something like that. And I remember this was either the 8th or the 10th of Feb 2009 because um, it was either the day before or the day after my birthday. And strangely enough, when I met these guys, they were talking about birthdays and I was, I did not want to tell them that my birthday was either coming up or had just gone past (laughs) because I didn't know these guys and I didn't want to... (laughs) I didn't want them to know my birthday. Right. Um, but I met a, a guy called Prabhu. And I think we have a couple of sound bites from him. Um, I met Prabhu. I met a guy called Vishwa, who had come for, I think, one session before that. Um, 
I don't know if uh, Vignesh was there, but there were a couple of other guys, maybe about four or five guys, and they were standing on the side of the road in Basanaga Beach um, doing climb-ups, and uh, that's where I met them the first time. Do you, do you remember the feeling? Because I remember the feeling I had when I first saw Paco happening in real life. Do you remember what it felt like to see Prabhu, Vishwa, Vignesh, all of them doing their thing? Yeah, it was kind of disappointing. Really? <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> I, I I thought that I would find guys who... Uh, because I had never been athletic. Um, I um, always imagined that I would find people who were super athletic and able to do a lot more than me. But then when I met these guys, they were... Doing stuff, yes, but it was, you know, uh, it was both a relief and disappointing at the same time. It was a relief because I found people that I could relate with. They were learning the same stuff as I was hoping to learn. Right, right. Um, it was disappointing in the sense that they were not like masters of it uh, of the art, but at the same time, it was reassuring because it meant that we would be learning together. Right. Um, so. Also, that... I think I think one thing that really helped was that um, when I met Prabhu, you know, um, again, I think this is important uh, from the community standpoint. When I met Prabhu, he had a very reassuring, smiling face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember a Prabhu's very welcoming vibe. face. Yes, absolutely. Elder brother. I had this, yeah. the impression of this elder brother who would look after me. Yeah. 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 And so that was very reassuring. And um, I was hesitant because I, I had, I don't think I had met anybody from just uh, calling up and speaking and then meeting from an uh, online source. So I was a little hesitant. I didn't have backup. I didn't know whether I was going to get mugged. You know, these are Paco guys, <laughs> they're tough guys. <laughs> right. But then yeah. to stop my bike over there and then be greeted by this warm, friendly face was really nice. So um, that was a very helpful thing. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's that's pro probably important uh, to hold any community together, mm. a, a sense of brotherhood rather than, you know, like, okay, come, let's just do this, you know. So there was a definite group dynamic like Prabhu was sort of uh, in charge or were they all figuring things out together? No. So um, Prabhu definitely was a little more knowledgeable because he had looked into it a little more. He had trained a bit more. Um, he says that him and a couple of other people had been doing it for about a year, year and a half before that. So that made him a little more experienced. Certainly, when I compared what he was telling me to whatever I had read and seen online, uh, they were definitely in line with each other. Um, again, I probably had read more than him about Parker because I just tend to read a lot about stuff and also right. check out uh, videos maybe. So um, I theoretically i was going to stuff and saying hey you know this is what these people say it should probably look like this and i also was a little more into the aesthetic behind the movement right um than other people 
because I come from a visual background from a photography and whatnot uh, and graphic design background. So that was a little more important to me. And uh, I approached it from that perspective. Um, but yeah, I think the others were learning from Prabhu. Okay. Um, they probably didn't have as much exposure to sources of information online. So mm. uh, Prabhu's instruction was very helpful. Right. Uh, it sounds and like rain over here. It does? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, getting so howling. Oh, really? In the background, huh? Yeah. Okay, so... Let's power through uh, it. Yeah, let's power through it. It sounds like... So you met these guys, you started training with them. At what point did the them become the us? Do you remember a turning point? That's an interesting question. You already mentioned that. Um, I didn't pick up on it last time. But um, I don't know. I think um, I I went back home that day and I registered a domain name because I wanted to be able uh, to have other people be able to get in touch more easily than me so it had my telephone number a little bit of a seo style um write up of what parkour is and how to get in touch with people training parkour in chennai so the easiest words were chennai and parkour so chennaiparkour.com became the domain name right um i think uh, me became us or whatever uh, whatever you said <laughs> yes uh, yes yes pretty much yeah. immediately uh, I, I think that um, I had decided by the time I left that session that um, I would go back for another session with these guys right right and no one so when you decided to set up the domain name, when you decided to slowly uh, step into the marketing role, was this a discussion you had with them or you just took the initiative and they were appreciative? No, I, I don't think... Um, no, I didn't discuss it with anybody. I didn't tell them that I was going to uh, buy a domain name. Right. Hey, it's raining. See, That's nice. Is it raining? Is it still raining on your yes, side? Yes, yes, it was raining. I think it's lightened up a bit now. Uh, but it's uh, a lovely sound. I'm not it's sure a lovely if sound. it's I a hope, lovely sound I hope for our are, listeners. Listeners can <laughs> hear it. I'm going to turn up the recording levels and just keep quiet okay. for a minute. That was some heavy rain. No, it's it, it's it's uh, not heavy, but uh, I turned the volume up so you could actually hear it. Um, you could hear drops falling on the ceiling. Right, right, right. right. I could hear people running around. I don't know where that was. Yes, it really <laughs> uh, magnified everything. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I didn't really tell them that I was going to buy a domain name. I just thought that. Even if I wasn't going to be 
part of this community. I wanted people to be able to find them quicker than I was able to. So that was the reason why I did it. Not not really for anything else. So this was a skill, right? So this was a problem you were trying to solve. You had the skills to solve it and you went ahead and did it. That's probably it. Yeah. I don't really and, know the motivation behind it. Right. Um, and the group as a whole probably went forward like this, right? Because at one point, you guys were just practicing and then you started taking classes. How yeah. did that happen? The classes actually, um, we started offering uh, training sessions for free initially, but then we found that people would come for one session and then stop. Um, so then we figured that we would charge something like 200 rupees per session just so that it was still affordable to people that, so that anybody could come and join, but that because there was a monetary component that people would actually, uh, take things a little more seriously. So our, uh, basic, um, session, I think was structured around eight weeks of, uh, training just to get people familiar with. Uh, the initial movements. So it was free. It was just um, have, we would just have people come in and train with us. It was like uh, just a group of guys exploring parkour. So over time, I'm sure the group, as you guys came together, got some sort of identity, right? Uh, like what you'd call a group culture. Did sure. you notice that happening? Were you part of developing that culture? Um, I, I think so to a small extent. I think, yes, I had a small part, but I don't think it was a conscious part in any sort of developing culture or anything. It was probably just, um, unconscious. Um, you know, like just, uh, probably trying to lay down guidelines about how we should make sure that we, um, get people to join us and not send them packing and what on, what not, you know, basic stuff, right. nothing fancy, nothing really, um, consciously thought through in, in meaning that we want to form a community. So, um, not really with, I don't think it was really well thought out. It was more right. like, hey, how can we reach out to people and make sure that they know about us? And how can we make sure that we stay in touch with them once they reach out to us? That's pretty much it. Right, right. And you guys were meeting how many times a week at this point? I think it was um, two, three times a week. Right. And you were keeping in touch via SMS, right? Because WhatsApp wasn't around back um, then. Yeah, we were staying in touch by SMS. We had SMS groups. Um, and I think we had broken up um, our list of contacts into um, 50 each. Like, uh, yeah, I think 50 each because we, we, most people had 50 free SMSs a day. So we would each send out 50 SMSs initially from our mobile phones uh, to tell people that right. the session's happening at this place at this time. Uh, see you there. Wait, what? You would each send out 50? Like, you couldn't bulk send? No, initially we couldn't. 
Um, Then we came across this Google as it became too much of a pain. So I did a little bit of research. I found a couple of uh, group, excuse me, a couple of bulk SMS websites. Finally settled on Google SMS thingy, whatever it's called. Um, Okay. And Google, I think, allowed us to send 200 SMSs a day or 200 SMSs per blast. So we would send okay. that out and whoever was um, calling that session, whoever was um, asking for that session. So what, what we, the kind of system that we had was that um, whoever decided that they wanted to have a session would be responsible for um, making sure that they send out the message to everybody and um, making sure that they kind of, at least kind of lead the session um so very often it happened that either prabhu vishwa or um tarik would 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 do that i don't think tarik did it much but everybody had uh, the ability to log in and send this uh, message out is what i remember right right yeah and then i i was i used to join you guys for a while around that point mm-hmm. Then I sort of lost touch, but what I did remember is there was a slow split in the ethos, right? In uh, in approaching training and things like that. And now there are two parkour groups in Chennai. There's parkour, uh, Chennai parkour and parkour circle. Yeah. So even what, though... What are the differences in their approach? Um, I think one is more top-down, more instruction-based... And one is more um, community-based, but with a leader, with a clear leader. Um, So meaning one is centered around classes where everybody else, everybody who is not really part of the um, core group is clearly a student. Um, right. That does not mean that they don't have a community. It doesn't mean that they don't have um, uh, the, the feeling of uh, community. That's definitely there. Um, but I actually was advocating for something where people were um, on a more level um, playing playing field um, so mm. that everybody would be accepting of lessons from each other. And I think what happened is that as people's skill grew, um, it probably led to a situation where um, they were not able to learn from others as much as uh, I would have liked uh, liked them to. So um, there was a split in thinking. Um, right. One was focused on, I think, I think more, more of what happened was um, one was really focused on parkour itself and the other was focused on parkour being the central hub of a means of, um, of, of uh, bringing in other skills. Um, so mm-hmm. you could think of that as... Right the hub of a wheel which reaches out and brings other skills in 
to complete that uh, the, the movement game kind of, you know? I don't know oh. if I'm making sense. Good. Could you could you give us an example? Because they do go around and help with uh, help children, right? Um, teach them about parkour as a sort of way of personal growth and discovering themselves. So could you I give us an example? I think both communities do of, that, of... yes. Um, but one is really much more involved in working with kids from different backgrounds, from different um, um, disciplines. So... Um, collaborating with people from an artistic background from a music background working with music and dance and theater and um, seeing how parkour can contribute to these other different arts um, while retaining while retaining uh, integrity itself um, so I think that journey is very interesting um, something where parkour itself does not stand out by itself as a sore thumb. Um, because parkour in, his, in its essence is just moving from one point to another. Whereas it does facilitate beautiful movement. And these other skills, uh, dance, theater, can really benefit from being efficient and at the same time, beautiful in uh, in in the sense that its aesthetic is very unique mm. um right. so it can bring a lot of character to um into conveying a message certain characters just need to be more efficient more um you know show power in a particular way and parkour really helps that to come out Right. So um, I think being able to communicate with other artists from a point of understanding their own arts also um, really makes a difference. It makes parkour more relevant to the world. Otherwise, what happens is parkour is seen as uh, either exercise and physical development um, or if you have a policeman watching the person practice parkour in the sense of climbing from one level to another more efficiently, they become a threat to society, you know, because it could be teaching um, terrorists and thieves how to get into, how to infiltrate <laughs> uh, buildings. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the social context is important. Yeah. The social context. And I think we, uh, we touched on this in the parkour episode uh, about how if, if someone looked at you suspiciously while you were training, the trick was to get down and just start doing push-ups because that's something they could yeah. recognize as an exercise. Whereas jumping off stuff seemed more like hooliganism. Absolutely, yeah. This, this uh, split of the group, did it happen gradually? Did it happen suddenly? And was there emotion behind it? Yes, uh, yes to all of that. Um, it was gradual and sudden. It was gradual in the sense that um, um, there were emotions that developed over the course of a year or a year and a half. And um, I think, unfortunately, I was the one who broke first. Um, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I said, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. 
um, communications are breaking down and it doesn't make sense for me to be a part of this anymore. So I'm leaving. And mm. um, at that point... Was this, a, was this a dramatic exit? Were, there, were these lines said in person or was it by message? It was on WhatsApp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did they at least protest and say, no, Sushil, don't leave? Well, uh, yeah, token, that's a long pause. That's I, I a think long token pause, gestures man. were made, uh, not in earnest. Um, okay. But uh, I, on the other hand, I did not want me leaving to um, mean that their communications would break down. So I handed over everything that I was responsible for in a very organized manner. Everything was documented mm. properly. Well, I, even through that, I, I wish them the best. Um, these are guys that I spent a lot of time with. And they are, as far as I can understand, earnest and um, committed to parkour and teaching parkour in the right way. So I have a lot of respect for them. Um, I will always wish them the best of luck. I think they're among the best parkour practitioners in... Um, Tamil Nadu, at one point, I would say they were the best in India, but now there are other communities that are really teaching people really well, so I appreciate them. Uh, they are definitely among some of the best teachers in India, for sure. Um, so right. what happened is this split um, uh, happened after we, we had formed the Tamil Nadu Parker Association for the purposes of being a legitimate organization. And that had been in place for a few, I think, a couple of years at that point. So um, I decided that it it was time that I had left. I just left without the intention of doing anything else. And it unfortunately led to about three or four other people also leaving. Um, and after a while, I decided, okay, let's... I think it's probably time to start another organization with um, more, <clears throat> excuse me. So it was probably time to start another organization with more minds um, that thought alike. So I reached out to these other people who had left and we uh, came together. We had a group of initially um, 12 people who um, came from different backgrounds. This time it was not just a group of young males but um, slightly older people parents women um, and also people with different uh, backgrounds like arts and theater and stuff um, so all of them had an interest in parkour I think that group came together well um, but again what happened over there is a different story. <laughs> there's, yeah. There's a, See, I... Th Sorry, carry on. No, I think uh, eventually uh, I left that group also because it just made sense to keep communication simple. There were, in my view, um, too many checks and balances required to get things done. So I stepped out because it made sense for me to leave so that things could be decided on quickly. Hmm. This is something we've touched on actually a couple of times now uh, in the course of this conversation. Conflict. 
mm-hmm. you seen different uh, communities handle conflict in different ways? I think every community has conflict. And um, I probably shouldn't be talking about it because I don't really know how to resolve it um, very well, obviously, because I've left... I mean, no, I've I've left only one out of conflict. The other one was out of um, interest for that group. Um, But yes, um, conflict is inevitable uh, because not everybody has the same intention for each group, right? And um, even though those intentions might be pure, they don't necessarily mean that uh, they move in the same direction. So, right. eventually there must be conflict. Um, I think it's unavoidable. It's part of any group dynamic. I don't think this, um, the conflict that we had here was because of, hey, I want to be the one to lead the group. It was not that. Um, that mm. way, this I think all of the people I have come into contact with in, in, in the context of parkour have been very um democratic really really uh not um uh, you know controlling in that sense um and i feel really happy to have uh, experienced that kind of a, a system where everybody's views were kind of um listened to if not acted upon um so yeah, uh, in this case, there wasn't too much money to be <laughs> to to, uh, to be controlled, so that probably had something to do with it. Yeah, it seems to be something that that's one of the the biggest problems I have whenever I'm part of a community. It is who decides what the community does, and then what do you do when we disagree? Right, and that seems to be a what skill that seen? communities need to be able to. Um, well, in, in small groups, for example, I'm part of Toastmasters and each Toastmasters club has a little mm-hmm. committee that decides how it needs to function. Now, there are rules. So for those of you listening who don't know, Toastmasters is an organization that helps you develop your public speaking and leadership skills. So you get together with a bunch of people in your club uh, once a week and you practice giving speeches. Uh, and there's a whole, there, there are projects you do, there's a course, so you're growing constantly. But each club is run by itself. Uh, so there's always conflict as to what the club should be doing, uh, how, how active it should be, what challenges it's taking on. And I've always just observed uh, how different people react and uh, how they handle the situation. But I've always wondered how what the best way to handle this conflict is because you have some people that just go in and say this is what we're going to do then you have some people who don't say what they want to do but are sort of annoyed if you don't do what they want to do there are some people who just say well this is not my problem Um, all of these are ways of dealing with that conflict but I'm trying to figure out what makes successful communities work do they have strategies that they use What's next for you when it comes to community? I, I don't really know. Um, I, I don't really think about forming a community consciously. 
I think uh, what happens is I just try to uh, communicate around a cause that I feel is something that's close to me. And mm. if that results or if that is centered around an existing community, that's probably what I help develop. Um, right. I don't think in that sense that I'm a, a person who goes out and strives to create and develop and maintain communities. Right. It sounds like you find a community and you contribute, you try and solve problems, right? Whatever problem needs to be solved, you use those skills to solve that, your skills sure. to solve that problem. Sure. I, I, I see that as my job in life. <laughs> right. Yeah, even with this podcast, all the technical stuff that needs to be done behind the scenes. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it's very effective. <laughs> I enjoy doing that. I enjoy troubleshooting yeah. in essence. In essence. Um, right. Yeah. Um, ever since I discovered co computers, I think uh, cause and effect, right? If there's something wrong, there must be a fix. Yes, yes. And that's actually a perfect segue into uh, our next podcast, which we will be bringing out in a week's time, which is about learning and uh, how to, and problem-based learning, solving problems, how to, f how to get the tools together, because both you and I, Sushil, are, uh, are quite are autodidacts, as they call us, you know, interested in learning, always trying to improve ourselves. So, uh, that should be a fun conversation too, folks. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Anything else before we... Yes, me too. Uh, anything else before we sign off, Sushil? Yeah, just um, connect with us on uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm Sushil underscore C on Twitter and Sushil02 on Instagram. Rohan, how can they get in touch with you? I am Rohan Does Simple on Instagram. And I'm Rohan Tarian on Facebook. So you can just find me. And uh, I would actually, uh, to keep in touch with me, if emails would be best. So that's uh, Rohan Tarian at, uh, sorry, Rohan at RohanTarian.com. Uh, I will get back to you as soon as I can. We'll have links in the show notes. And if you want to leave us a message, there's a link at the bottom of the show notes where you can just click and leave us a voice message. And we would love to um, have your message as part of the podcast. So if you have any feedback, any thoughts, um, something you loved, something you hated, just let us know. And questions you have. We, we can answer questions. Uh, this can go anyway. We're exploring and experimenting. So get in touch and we'll figure out how to uh, have you as part of the program. Yep, exactly. So... Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure and I hope it was something useful for you. Okay, clan, it's been fun. Uh, catch you next time. Take care. Bye, Sushil. Ciao. Bye.